0: Hi, hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast. I should say that I'm coming to you today live, as I'm speaking, from the Adobe Symposium, which is on Barrack Street downtown in New York. And I have a room here. It's a little bit echoey, but hopefully we'll come through loud and clear. My guest today is Eric Matisoff and he's Data Science and Analytics Evangelist at Adobe. Welcome, Eric.
1: Great. Thank you, Kim. Great to be here.
0: Now, that, that's a, I love these evangelist titles. Uh, data Science Analytics covers a heck of a lot of stuff. Yes. So tell me, what, what's kind of your day-to-day focus and, and your responsibilities?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and, and uh, it's funny. I, I get this all the time about, oh, you're an evangelist. Does that mean that you have a congregation of, of followers? <laughs> How does this work? Um, but what that means is that I'm not on the sales team, I'm not in consulting, my focus is as a part of the, the business unit, the product team, to essentially understand and work with customers, to, under, to align them with the strategy that we have for our analytics and data science projects and products, as well as get some feedback from them that I can work directly hand in hand with product management and engineering. Um, so we have a lot of folks, as you probably know, out in Lehigh that you've met with before mm-hmm. in, in Utah that I've been working with over the past 10, 12 years in my consulting life, just you know at, at a distance. And it's so nice to be um, here at Adobe at, on the evangelist team where I get to express the vision that we have for analytics and data science and
0: help sculpt it as well. That's interesting. So you're kind of a conduit between customers and the product developers and managers in Adobe. Right, exactly. Now, obviously you have um, obviously customer facing skills, but you must have the technology chops to do that as well. So I was gonna ask you about your background and how you came to Adobe.
1: Sure, so um, I joined Adobe just under a year ago. Um, and prior to being here, I worked on in, in agency life. I spent seven years working at Razorfish, three oh, years working okay. at Search Discovery. And at both of those I led um, what, what I called at least when I was at Razorfish the global web intelligence team mm-hmm. where we focused on three things um, analytics, tag management and optimization and I, I did the exact same thing over at Search Discovery as well working with local clients as well as you know, few and far out of the place and my focus has always been around number one ensuring that data is accurate ensuring that the data is valuable um, and ensuring that it's scalable Right. Because that's something that even you know, 5, 10 years ago, we could see that the expansion of data was growing and growing and growing. There were more properties and more applications and more digital experiences. And therefore, the way that the data was captured, it needed to be in a scalable way. Right. And my most important piece of that, so I said, you know, accurate, scalable, and actionable. If you're just collecting all the data in the world and you don't do anything with it, what's yeah. the point? It's, it's, a, it's the same as collecting
0: nothing. And a lot of brands must feel they're in that kind of situation at the moment where they've got enormous amounts of data, but the question is where is it? How do we use it? What do we do with it?
1: Yeah, and, and actually today, um, very shortly, I'll be talking a little bit about how you can go from having this wealth of data and actually turning that into something, something actionable, something mm-hmm. useful. Whether that use is just simply doing analysis, or it's um, anticipating what you should do next as a business, or if it's anticipating what you should do, what, what your next action for a specific customer should be.
0: And this is something I've been hearing about more and more just over the last two or three months, uh, going beyond audience segments, targeting audiences, to being able to anticipate the next best best action for specific customers. That's where this is going, is it?
1: Exactly right. And, and, and it's funny, you're, you're, we didn't talk about this earlier, <laughs> right. but you're kind of teeing up exactly what I'll be speaking about in a couple of hours, okay. which is that there's more to just the what is happening. You know, the, the, if you go back to the days of analyzing weblogs, you know, it, through to today, it's always been about what is happening now. Yeah, and right. We want to expand that so that you also include some context the who, the where, the when, the why, all of those inform the what. So for a, a very simple example would be, um, I was on a, on a flight recently and it got canceled and apparently the pilot didn't show up. So these yep. things happen. <laughs> yep. And so, so I pick up the phone to talk to our travel company here at Adobe and within seconds, just based on the, the phone call that I made, they knew who I was. Based on my phone number, they knew that I was on a flight, that it was delayed by two and a half hours, and they had already kicked off the process for looking for similar flights, not only out of LaGuardia, where I was, mm-hmm. but at the same terminal that I was in. And because of that, within a few seconds or well, minutes, they were able to find a flight on a different airline, and I was able to make my meeting. Yep. And that's, that's taking more than just simply the what's happening, which is I'm calling customer service, but it's also the context of who I am and what I'm doing and where I am.
0: And that, that's, I mean, as customers, that's where we all want to be. We're, we all know we're not there yet because equally we have bad experiences with various brands who don't know who we are, what we're doing, even though they should.
1: Of course. Um,
0: so, now, how's Adobe pulling this together? Let's talk a bit about. Adobe's data platform, how that's structured, what kinds of sources it's drawing on, and you know how that's being deployed.
1: Sure. So, so back at our um, annual Adobe Summit conference, which was a few months ago out mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, we had our CTO on stage who announced the release of the Adobe Data Platform. Right. And that's a piece of underlying technology that. Is powered by a few different things. And, and one of those obvious things that you hear us talk a lot about is Adobe Sensei, yeah. which means that we're um, enabling data science capabilities on the data that's captured within the data platform. That means that we're using uh, predictive algorithms to identify where data should be. And if there happens to be an anomaly, data spike or a dip mm-hmm. within that data, we want to trigger an alert automatically to you so that you know now rather than at the end of the month once you're doing your reporting. In um, other words,
0: sorry, to you, to, to the market or to, to
1: the user. Right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one example of how we're using Adobe Sensei sitting on top of the data platform. We're um, essentially opening up Adobe Sensei for, um, for more integrations and better usage of our algorithms and our machine learning capabilities so that it's more accessible to our customers. Um, and that data platform that I keep mentioning, the, the tech piece behind it is actually powered by Microsoft Azure. Right. And this was announced as, um, I think it was towards the end of last year, a, a big partnership that we have with, with Microsoft to enable this. And we did that on purpose. We didn't do it just because our CEOs are friendly. We did it because Azure is the enterprise backend of choice for a few different reasons. Right. And one of the most important reasons is the ability to take the data that our customers already are pushing into a data lake or a data warehouse that sits within Azure and quickly connect that into the um, data platform that we've developed.
0: I see, yeah. So you're, you're finding enterprises have a propensity to use Azure to store, aggregate their data already, and this is a makes it easy to import it into the Adobe Data Platform.
1: Right. Microsoft then allows for a, an easy connection between mm-hmm. the two sets of data and then what we've designed is what we're calling an experienced data model that if you're familiar with a data layer or the concept of metadata in general, it essentially informs our customers of how we're expecting the mm-hmm. data to be defined and all they need to do is then match to that common data model, that experienced data model, and it's essentially plug and play. We drag in, you know, ID or username from one system oh, and sure. drag it into another, apply some rules, and now you've got the data where you need it, when you need it.
0: Okay. And interestingly, as I understand that the Adobe data platform is proprietary development, it does contrast with some of your competitors, probably too obvious to mention, who went out and acquired uh, DMPs.
1: Correct. Yeah. So so. And, and I think that that's actually, um, I, I want to clarify there. So from a DMP perspective, we do have our Adobe audience manager solution. OK, sure. Yeah. Um, whereas what's sitting underneath is this data platform that ensures the data that informs um, audience manager, the data that populates reports in Adobe Analytics, or is leveraged by our optimization and personalization engine, Adobe Target. All of those are using the same set of data so that we're not using hacked-together APIs
0: or cookie-sharing okay. and query parameters. It. And it's, it, it's always worth getting the clarity because even if you're writing about this daily, you can get into a tangle. There's the data layer, then sitting on top of that is a data management platform which is executing on Exactly. The data. Yeah,
1: Think of that as our actioning platform. It's, it. it's aggregating pushing data into the data platform and then taking action of it, you know, either on-site, off-site,
0: and where you need it. Okay. Uh, now you mentioned uh, Adobe Sensei and I think you managed to mention it without saying artificial intelligence, which of course is the, <laughs> the buzz, buzzword of the of moment. Of course. Um, it's very hard, isn't it, to make data actionable on the kind of scale we're talking about without using artificial intelligence or machine learning? How important is it to the Adobe vision?
1: So it, you've, we've actually kind of sprinkled it all over our products already. And um, this was even prior to the announcement of Adobe Sensei. And then uh, even, you know, on, both on the creative side and the, and the marketing side, we're, we're leveraging AI and machine learning um, and predictive algorithms all over the place. You know, I'm... I'm uh, like, I'm a very average user of Adobe Photoshop, but but there's one feature that I love that is powered by artificial intelligence, which is context-aware, you know, features. So if you take a photo and there happens to be a bird in the way of what you're, you know, the landscape that you're taking, you can put your finger in the app over the bird and it Mm -hmm. erases it and it's, and it is instantly gone. And that's powered by the same technology that is built into Adobe Sensei. So that's an example of the Creative Cloud. And then um, within the Adobe Experience Cloud, for example, in in Adobe Analytics, we're using um, Sensei algorithms for that anomaly detection that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. We're using uh, Sensei machine learning to identify the root cause of those anomalies. So if, for example, we see an increase, a sudden increase in revenue and that increase in revenue is more than we expected it to be compared to yesterday, last week, last month, last year. We're aligning holidays and we're, ex- we're, we're taking a look at growth patterns, all of these fun different things. I think we have over, over 25 different algorithms that are going into that, that full set of prediction. Okay. And in the tool, you actually see a shade literally around every single metric that you trend. If you come up with some crazy, goofy segmented, calculated metric, and you trend it, we're still going to run it through our anomaly detection. And once an anomaly is discovered, it's a one-click to enable what we call contribution analysis. I'm throwing a lot of very long, multi-syllabic words at you, but the idea of contribution analysis is using machine learning to identify what those contributing factors were for that anomaly. I
0: see. Okay. Because May well be multiple factors creating the anomaly.
1: Exactly. So we can, we'll can we run that anomaly through tens of millions of data combinations, essentially running it through every dimension and every segment that you have within the platform to see where that increase actually came from. And so we've actually have had customers that have used that to identify that um, a campaign launched that they weren't aware of, or a campaign was way more successful than they expected, or um, just simply a product, maybe got a call-out in in an organic yeah. social post, and that is what actually drove a ton of interest in it.
0: So anomalies can be positive or negative, of course, can't
1: they? Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: Now, I'll switch gear because there's another product I wanted to ask you about while, while we have time, and that's Adobe Launch. What's happening with that? So Adobe
1: Launch is something that I... Uh, I'm extremely excited about. I come from the tag management world. Prior to being at Adobe, I've worked for the company that created um, Adobe DTM. It was then called Satellite by Search Discovery, and um, it's a it's actually our probably most requested product around. Everyone wants beta access to it, okay. and we're we're kind of looking to change the game of tag management yet again. Up until today, the focus of DTM has all has been all about um, kind of flipping the script in terms of how tag management is done. Previously, you know, tag management systems really only focused on one thing, and that was managing tags. So you would first start with the tag, and then you would decide, okay, well, where do I want to put it and when do I want to call it? And instead, we, we kind of said, well, we're doing that backwards. Let's focus on what we want to track. So where do we need to call things? Mm-hmm. When do we want to call things? So we create what we call a rule and then we apply tags to it. We say we need to send that off to Adobe Analytics, send it to a Facebook Pixel, etc. And so we're going to continue with that um, innovation within Adobe Launch, but the differentiator that we're enabling is that we're making it completely API driven. Even the interface is built off of our APIs. So if you were so inclined, you could rewrite the entire interface based on the APIs that customers will have access to. So that's one differentiator. The other biggest differentiator is around extensions. And extensions tap into those APIs to enable a friendly way to deploy all your marketing technologies. And when I, I, I want to point out that I'm saying marketing technology is not pixels. Right. Um, but the easiest example, of course, is a pixel. So today in DTM, if you were to deploy a Facebook pixel, your marketer or your you know, account manager over at Facebook would hand you some JavaScript that you would copy and paste and yeah. apply it to a, And that works really well for thousands of customers. Mm -hmm. Um, But what launch is going to extend to that is the ability to one-click enable the Facebook Pixel to your property in Adobe Launch. And that extension, that Facebook Pixel extension, is not developed by people at Adobe. It's not developed by some person that said, oh, I can rewrite this JavaScript code. It's written by Facebook. And I think that that's the differentiator, is that it's certified, actionable, real, reliable data and it goes all the way back to the very first thing you asked me is, how, you know, what do I believe when it comes to data? I want to make sure that it's that it's accurate and that it's scalable. And those are the two things that Adobe Launch really focuses on.
0: Okay, excellent. So with a high-end overview, and then we got down some real practical contributions and people who are at the yeah. at the, uh, the coalface, that's the phrase I'm looking for. Great. Okay. Yeah. And just to, to finish up, what, what are you talking about at Symposium this afternoon? So today,
1: um, and I, I alluded to it earlier, the, the topic of my session is called Context is the Starting Line. It's one of four imperatives that we have for uh, making experience your business, which is our whole mantra at right. Adobe. It's beyond just simply... You know, having a nice data-driven business, but instead truly making every experience that your customers have with your business something to remember, something to drive loyalty, and have that customer happy yeah. and maybe even delighted in anticipating the next interaction. And so, during my session, I'm talking about how that first imperative of context is the starting line, how that um, how that needs to be a part of every day. Um, interactions, whether you're in marketing or analytics, operations, product sales, context needs to be thought of. And and I actually am going give, to give away a, a secret of, you know, 30 minutes before I go on stage. <laughs> um, in that, that what I think needs, the very first step needs to be starting with just simply communication across silos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've heard this for years yeah. is that Every organization, big or small, has naturally built silos and a way to resolve that, to focus on this context. And like I mentioned earlier, it's it's the who, the where, the when, the why that supports the what. Um, That context can be derived using what I'm calling a context planning session. So Mm -hmm. you're probably already familiar with a measurement planning session. That's where you talk with your stakeholders and you decide... What do we want our customers to be doing? We want them to be purchasing, we want them to be upgrading and registering and logging in and downloading apps yeah. and all those fun things. Um, the context planning session, instead of focusing on the what, they're, uh, what you want them to do, the context planning session is focused on what they're already doing. Right. So let's take a look at what they're doing and look for opportunities to improve that experience. Let's brainstorm and look for opportunities to improve it using the context of the, like I mentioned earlier, the who, the where. Um, and and then align some business actions from it, etc. That's really
0: interesting because it's a much more customer-centric approach.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, what are they already doing? Let's improve that while, of course, thinking about our goals.
0: Okay, great place to conclude. Eric, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Great, thank you, Kim. It's been fun.
0: And everyone, look out for the next One on One podcast.